Okay, let's begin Parshas Chayi Sara, Tov, Shin, Ayin, Tess, as we get into the <coughs> lives of the somewhat, the lives of the second of the Avos and the Imahos, a little bit, uh, as we are going to meet Rivka in the Parsha, and we uh, let off uh, with the Akedah at the end of last week's Parsha, and we have many different details of the of the story of uh, finding a wife for Yitzchak Avinu related in the beginning of the Parsha, of course, the story of the camels and Rivka Imenu. Rabbi Simon and Imre Barach in one of the pieces on this week's Parsha discusses that many times throughout the story in this week's Parsha, among the other stories of the Avos and the Imahos, we find that chesed or mitzvos in general aren't just about doing the mitzvah and getting it done, but focusing on the details within those mitzvos and being mahader and glorifying and doing a mitzvah in a way that we will be proud of and not just to do it. Nira, on line two. Hamechuvan bazeh. Shalorak shakim is kalatarakula bekamosa. Not only did Avram Avinu and the Avos where they makayim kalatarakula in quantity. They did each of the mitzvos, as Chazal say, maybe even Erev Tafshilin and, and, uh, and the like. Tahainu kalatarak mitzvos kulan. Elakim es kalatarakula hakavanagam beechus. Also the quality. Also within every mitzvah, they did a bishlemusa. Vizel yisod gadol b'avodas Hashem, and this is such a yisod. We could daven and we could daven. We could do an act of chesed and we could do an act of chesed. We have to not only try to do mitzvos, but we have to try within those mitzvos to make sure we do them in the proper way. She ishtado la'adam l'kayim kol mitzvah bishlemusa. Tahainu b'chal prateha v'diktukeha v'hilchoseha. With all of the details. We have to focus on every little detail of the mitzvos. And where do we get this from? That there are different ways and levels of mitzvos? Many sources. But he quotes one. One source that one might quote is the Rambam, the Pirish Mishnayis, at the end of Masechus Makos. We've quoted this in other contexts, but it's good to review it over and over again. The Mishnah says at the end of Masechus Makos, could be the most famous Mishnah in all of Shas. Could be. At least top five, we would say. Rabbi Hanina ben Akashi Omer. Whenever we have to say a Mishnah to get a Kaddish, that's the one we say. So therefore, he was Marbe. He gave a lot of Torah and Mitzvos. Ask all the Rishonim. Ask the Rambam. Ask the Nachronim. Ask the Maharal. Ask all the Mepharshim. Is it a schus to have so many Mitzvos? Give us ten isn't that a greater... Give us 613, that's a schus? Why is... It's so hard. It's so much more challenging. Give us less mitzvos. Why are there so many mitzvos? And that's a schus for us. So why is it such a great schus to have so many mitzvos? So the Rambam's answer at the end of Makos, the Rambam tells us in, on, on line 11, line 12, he quotes it. One of our ikari ha'amuna is... If somebody does a perfect mitzvah, they do it with perfect kavana and perfect intention and perfect action. And there's no other ulterior motive at all. It's done me'ava purely because I'm being a servant of Hashem. That's my ticket to Olam Haba. When I do that perfect mitzvah, that's my Olam Haba. That's my ticket. Yes, all mitzvahs, even partially, I get schar for it. But the entrance to Olam Haba is a perfect mitzvah. Explains the Rambam. Each of us have different personalities. Each of us connect to different mitzvahs. One person, he's the, he's a, we have to do all the mitzvahs, but there are some people that specialize in certain mitzvahs. There is a tzedaka man, there is a checking for shatnis man, there is a butcher, there is a rabbi, everybody has different mitzvahs, there's a chesed, there's, everybody has, has that different quality, they connect to different mitzvahs. So says the Rambam, Hashem wanted to give so many mitzvahs so that there's at least one, there's at least one out there that every single Jew could connect to. And they could do that one perfectly. And they could do that one lishma with Kavanah. Okay, on the, there is a, a side that there are so many that we have to do. But it's all for our benefit because there's one out there that is going to be there for our choosing and, and 
the ability for us to do it perfectly. So that's an amazing Rambam. But what, what's the assumption of that whole Rambam? That there are different levels of doing mitzvahs. There's a, a perfect way to do a mitzvah and a less perfect way of doing a mitzvah. So our job is to try to get that in every mitzvah. Very roa mitzvarov says the Imre Baruch. Shemataras v'tachlas kolatari yeg mitzvahs. Hu rakshal yedei kach nizke lasos l'chol apachos achaz yebishlemus. At least one of them. At least one of them. We have to try to do all of them. But somewhere we realize there are different levels and we have to try to make the quality of our mitzvahs very high and not just the quantity. And he says you see this from many stories. He quotes the Beis HaLevi, which we discussed a couple of years ago in the Parsha. Where the Beis Levi discusses the Chesed and the Chachma of Rivka Imenu in how she gave water to the camels and to Eliezer. Eliezer had Avram Mispalel and said to Hashem, "Please let me have a sign." Hanara Asher Omer Lati No Kadech VeEshtev Amar Gishev VeGangamalecha Asher O Sochach Tolav DeChaliyitzchak. That's the one. Whoever says I'm going to give your camels, Uba Edak Yasi Zachesen Im Adoni. That's what Eliezer says. Says the Beis Halevi, line thirty. Even though it was somewhat like Nichush, the Gemara Chulin talks about this. Isn't there an Isser? You're not allowed to like look for signs in the future to affect my behavior, right? If a superstition or other items. So the Gemara has a little what to say about Eliezer of Avram. If this happens, I'm going to know that's the one. But it was also using some wisdom on his part. He wanted to test her how her midos are and how her chachma is. Rishona, will you give a stranger water? Right, if you're not out there for the tova sakla, you're not going to give water. So number one, is she going to give a stranger water? Right, it's not like she's going to be able to pour it into cups. There aren't plastic cups that she could bring. Right, sometimes when a stranger comes to the door and, uh, or someone asking or collecting and they ask for a drink, sometimes, you know, we, we, we are mocked to give it a pla- plastic because we don't know who this person is. We don't know about germs. We don't know. So in those days, there was no choice. You're going to drink from the, from here. I'm going to pour it in. Please pour me some water. We're pouring it into his mouth. You're going to do that for a stranger? So she wouldn't do it unless she has that, that neshama inside. Maybe the water is going to become disgusting from his saliva. Maybe he has some illnesses. Number one. So that's the first step. Number two. So now what? Now it's time to give the camels. What's she going to do with the leftover water? Into Isaimabaita, what she's gonna take out home? That's not smart, because maybe he does have germs. So that wouldn't be wise. And if she's smart, she shouldn't take it home. Then if she pours it out, that's Mavaza the guest. So what do you do with the leftover water? So what does she say? You know what? Let me give the camels. So she first gives him, that shows the chesed. And then she gives the camels. That shows she's making sure that he doesn't think badly, that she's treating him badly. And that's the Eitzah Yutzah. That's how, that's the test that he knows would work, and that's what she passes. So it's not just about doing it, but it's about doing it with Chachma, doing it with, with a, a thought-out game plan for the, for the mitzvah. So it's not just about doing it, but it's about uh, how it is done. Then turning over, he also quotes this from the Shlach Kadosh. Quotes it from the Shlach Kadosh. Says the Shlach, Rav is bonin b'chachmas ha-musar. Shai rivka lino kavit abrius. How much chesed within? Ki b'tchila shasa Eliezer v'nishumayim b'kada. V'lo yada rivka malasos. What should she do with the leftover water? Ozi if she throw, uh, as we said up above. Emtidine l'amayim anosum l'gamalim. If she gives the water that was left over from him to the camels, so it appears like, okay, I'm giving you, I'm giving camels. They're equal. And if you pour it out, it wouldn't look nice. So what did she do? Nishachma suggests, suggests the shlak. Although, what does the Pazak say? She ran and she ran and she poured. You run with a cod of water. A lot of times water spills out of it. 
Right? You're running with it. It's spilling out. That's why she ran. Ke'ilu. Right? Ke'ilu nafalakad me'elav mi'adav anishpach. And that was also how it was done. You see that from Rivka Imenu. You see that from Avram Avinu. Again, within his actions, he quotes in the next, uh, in the next source, he quotes from Avram Avinu. We've discussed this by the, king, the war of the four kings of the five kings when he, after the war, and is offered by the king of Stome to take a lot of the spoils, he says, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch it. Everybody else can have what they want. Again, within his behavior, he's being porish, but Avram Avinu, you could keep it, but I'm not, I'm not going to affect other people. The Chafetz Chaim talks about that also. So the Chesed that we learn and the Chachma that we learn from Rivka, Rivka Imenu is that whatever we do, it has to be thought out. It's not just about getting it done, but it's about doing it in a proper way and doing it in a respectful way. And that is how we can make a Kaddish Baruch Hu prayer. Okay, let's get back to the first line of the Medrash in this week's Parsha. First line of Rashi's Rabbah in Parsha's Chayesara, beginning of source number three. Vayu Chayesara Mea Shana V'Yesrim Shana V'Sheva Shanim Shnei Chayesara. Right, these are the years of Sara, 127, 100 years, 20 years, 7 years, Shnei Chayesara. To review what we did 10 years ago from the Ksava Kabbalah on this Pasuk. Shnei Chayesara, the two lives of Sara. Uh, an amazing comment. Not for now. But says the Medrash. The Medrash often connects Psukim to Psukim in the Torah, and it's our job to figure out what the connection is. So the Medrash says, The Medrash, Hada hu Pasuk in Tehillim. Yodea Hashem derech tmimim. Hashem knows the ways of the tmimim, those who are complete. V'nachalasam la'olam tiyeh. Their nachla will be forever. Right, Tehillim paraglam et zayin. Tzorach bir kavanaso. Ask the Ksav Sofer. What's the, what's the message of this medrash having to do with the beginning of Chayesara? Hashem knows Tzadikim are amazing. So why Dafka is that connecting? What's the deeper idea connecting that to this week's, to the beginning of this week's Parsha? Question one. A couple of other questions which will get us to be able to answer the first question. The Nirali says the Ksav Sofer in Apir's Rashi, as we know famously, Meashon of Esrim Shon of Eshavashonim. Rashi here gives, a, presents Chazal, who talk about the greatness of Sarah Imenu. Rashi starts off, Every phrase is darshined independently. Just like she had no sin at 20, she had no sin at 100. Okay, not talking about that right now. But here is the, where the Torah is made, with the extra words, the Torah is made, that Sarah was amazing. Sarah was perfect. Question. Why do we only have this Pasuk by Sarah? There are eight avos and imahos. Well, including Adam and Chava, let's say. I was including the eight in Maris Machpelah. But there are, right, seven altogether, if you don't count Adam and Chava. So, only here. And also one more at the end of the parasha by Avram. But you don't have it by Yitzchak, by Yaakov, Rivka, Rachel, Leah, Dafka by Sarah. Because she's the first. Why the emphasis of perfection? Ad Yomosa. Until the end of her life, the completeness. Why did Chazal feel the need to do this here? To do this at all? And number two, why here? Yes, she just died, that's true. But is there a connection to how she died? To why Chazal tell us this? Again, already alluding to what's to come. But the Ksav Sofer asks, why do we have it Bechlal by Sarah? And is there a connection between it's being said here and the fact that she died by hearing about the Akedah, right? And that is what Rashi quotes as well. A little bit later, Rashi quotes, Nisvacha misa sara l'akedah Yitzchak, lefisha al yedei besara sa akedah, shenizdamein b'na l'shchita, ukimat shelo nishchat, parcha nishmasa miman of amesa. Rashi, in the shock that she had, that he was almost killed, she died. That's Chazal. So, is there any connection between this statement and that? And finally, one other question. Again, 
What is the message of the Pasuk of the, of the Tehillim connecting to the beginning of the parasha? Number two, why is the Dafka said about Sarah? Number three, why is the Dafka said here? Is there a connection to the way that she was Niftarah? And number four, let's continue. V'tamua, line five, Eich Sarah imenu, Shaisakdola bin Nevuah me Avraham parchanishmasa, Chas v'shalom, V'tzar shebana, Shebana nikrav, L'fnei Hashem chalilu melachshav zos. Oh, chas v'shalom, v'tzar shebana nikrav, L'fnei Hashem chalilu melachshav zos. It's all the second part of the sentence. What, are we supposed to think that she couldn't handle it? She was greater than Avraham and Nevuah. Avram heard it. Did Avram faint when he got the tzivui? No. So why was she so shocked? Why was she, what, she wasn't able to deal with the, with the news? So chas v'shalom, we can't say that. Right, so Remena was greater. Hashem tells Avram, listen to Sarah, Shema B'kola. So venerally, how do we answer all these questions? Says the Ksav Sofer. Ki v'yatsa liba. You know why she was upset? Not because she was shocked that her son was almost killed. She didn't get to take part in this ultimate of tests. And she didn't know anything about it. If she would have known, she would have gotten ready also. Of course she would have taken part. But she was in shock that, that Hashem did not include her. That she didn't have the opportunity to create something that would last for eternity. The schus of Akedas Yitzchak lasts for eternity. Gemara and Shabbos, that petes, remember all the avos, nobody could, could bargain to defend Am Yisrael. Yitzchak comes to, Yitzchak finally says, yeah, it's me. And if you don't like any of my other excuses, I was okayed myself. Yitzchak Avinu. But Avram Avinu and, and Sarah, the, the test that, that the Akedah represents is unbelievable. So Sarah wanted to take part in it and she didn't. But it'll add to it a little bit. Maybe she thought, again, giving a little humanness to Sarah Imenu, we can't even fathom, but says the Ksav Sofer, maybe somebody will think, Lest one think that it was because of the first reason. Maybe she was so shocked and she wouldn't have been able to do it. What does the Torah say, Dafka, here? She was perfect until the end. And you shouldn't even think that, oh, maybe last week's parsha she was greater than Avram in Nevuah. But now, you know, not as great. No, until Arega HaAcheron. And the reason she died was not because, you know, she was upset. Obviously, it was an unbelievably emotionally packed tzivoy. As we spoke about a few weeks ago, but Avram Avinu did it, and she could have done it too. As we said, Maybe she didn't have it till the end, and that's why Dafka says it. It says it here. The pain and the shock that she was in was that Hashem did not include her in this test of tests. That just begs the question now, part two. Why didn't Hashem include her? She was so upset. So why didn't Hashem include her in this test? So one answer we gave a number of years ago was that that was part of Avraham's test. Part of Avraham's test was to not have the support of his spouse. It's easier for us to do things when we know our spouse is supporting us. So that was one answer. Ksav Sofer goes down a different path. Why? Vanirali says the Ksav Sofer. A Yisod that has the roots already in the Ramban and Rabbeinu Bachai. How did the test start? Hashem didn't need to give a test to know who Avraham was. Right? Sometimes the teacher gives a test because he doesn't really know if the, if the students got it. 
Hashem knew exactly where Avraham was. He, the test wasn't for Avraham. Hashem knows who was the test for. The test of the Akedah was for us. The test of the Akedah was for everyone else. This is what it means to be an Eved Hashem. This is it. But Hashem wanted to make the test even greater so that we see. Why wasn't Sarah told? Avram didn't need the test. Sarah didn't need the test. We needed to see the test. So the greatest test could be if Avram doesn't have the spousal support, yes, as we saw, but it's not about to make the test harder for Avraham. Hashem knew he would pass it even without the spousal support. It's for us to see the greater, deeper, harder test and that Avraham Vinu was able to pass it with that. Right? Avram himself, Hashem knew that Sarah would pass, but what did Avram think? Right? My wife, my wife had this child. She loves him more than I do. I love Yishmael. All her love is here. If he knew that she would be Maskim, would have been easier. But either way, the test was not about Avraham and not about Sarah. It was for us to see how great an Eved Hashem, the levels that they could reach. Because Hashem knows. Now we get back to the beginning of the Medrash. Why does it have to give this testimony here? Because Sarah died. Why did Sarah die? Because Hashem didn't include her. Because Hashem knows. The test wasn't for them. What is the Pasuk? Hashem knows the path of the perfect. That's the whole, the whole purpose of the test wasn't for Avram and wasn't for Sarah. It was for us. Hashem knows. He orchestrated these events because he needed Am Yisrael to see what it means to, to be an Eved Hashem in this regard. And that is what the test was about. So everything works. It wasn't Dafka leaving Sarah out. It wasn't Dafka including Avram. It was both of them together functioning as a model for Am Yisrael for eternity. Okay, moving right along. So we have the first Hespid given in history. First Hespid given in history. Avram Avinu comes and he comes to Hebron, comes to Kiryat Arba, but Thomas sorry, Bekiryat Arba in Hebron, Beretz Kenan, but Yavo Avraham lispod lisarav Kota. Second pasuk, Avram comes to give a Hespid for Sarah, the Liv Kota. So the purpose of a Hespid is discussed already in the Gemara. The Gemara wonders whether Hespid is Yakrid de Chaye, Yakrid de Mosa. Is the Hespid more for the Niftar? Is it more for the children hearing about their relative? Is it more for those around to be inspired? And they all are, have elements of truth. A Hespid is to inspire. Lahaspid. But maybe there's a deep idea here that's mentioned here in the Torah Samincha. Torah Samincha was a Talmud of the Ran. And it's quoted here in the Yesodi HaTorah, Rabbi Lopiansky's Sefer on Chumash, where he quotes all of the Yesodas Dik Rishonim on the Parsha. So here in the Torah Samincha, he quotes a, uh, a deep idea relating to Hespid. And maybe Avram Avinu knew about this idea. And the Gemara, the, the, the Shulchan Aruch even talks about the importance of a Hespid. Is one allowed to be, exaggerate a little bit? As I'll say, one could exaggerate a little bit because we probably didn't know about the greatness of a person. So even a little exaggeration is the truth. But the, the, the importance of a hespit. Obviously on a day when one is allowed to give a hespit. Says the Torah Samincha, V'yim Tomar, Uma hergish yes lameis bekavit osimlo. Does the mace feel anything? Are they aware at the nift, at the ptira, at the, uh, at the levaya? Again, there are Gemaras on both sides of these issues. Do the Niftarim know what's going on in this world? We're not going to get it. We're just going to do his his piece. Ze'eno. Shariyam Ruchazal Chazal say at the end of Masech HaShabbos. Kol ba'sha omrim lefnei ha'meisi yodea she'yistam ha'golo. The Nifter's neshama is there until burial is complete. V'tam ba'zeh mipnei. And he explains why. Why is the neshama still in the area? 
until a certain amount of time later. Again, there are sources that go in the opposite direction too. The Neshama can't wait to get out of the guf and it jumps back to the Kisi HaKavit. But he's going down a different path. No, the Neshama has been in the guf for 120 years. And that's what the Neshama is used to. And the Neshama is expecting to go back. I've been there for 120 years. This is the reality that the Neshama now knows. And this is what they're used to. And he quotes the Rushalmi. For three days, the Nefesh is flying around the Guf. The Rushalmi says it. The Neshama thinks it's going to go back. Basar Tlasa Yomin. After three days, then it realizes it's not going back. But Halotira, where do we see a mashal for this in the world? A mashal. The physical limbs in a body. If the peep, if I get used to a habit, my limbs doing something, I do it even without thinking about it. If somebody is constantly sewing, constantly writing. How often has it happened to us? We're supposed to go somewhere else, and we know we're supposed to go somewhere else, but we ended up taking the turn that goes to our house. And I ended up on my block, and I was supposed to go buy something in the store. I know I'm going to the store, I'm just not thinking. And I end up going home. Because we do what we're used to. And we do what's natural. And we do what's, what, what's been, always. The filosofatayim, even the lips. Right, the Gemara says in Masechah's Megillah, one shouldn't dive in the second after they finish going to the bathroom. The Gemara talks about, because if we're still talking, I'm saying the opposite. If somebody's davening, they shouldn't go to the bathroom the second after. So don't think it's so unusual that the nefesh sticks around a little bit. Then it eventually goes up. Part one. But then he says part two. Not only is the nefesh used to the guf, but maybe there's a little mechitza that's separating from the nefesh going back up. Not a physical mechitza. A nefesh is not physical. So the mechitza can't be physical. But he says, Yesh ba'avir dover dak ma'od pros kinegda uma'akva. How could there be? It goes through mechitza shabarzel. A spiritual force blockage could be even stronger than a physical force. So how does it get through? The Hespid rips open that Mechitza. The words that we say about a Niftar open up that spiritual blockage, so to speak, and give the schus to the neshama to go back to the kisei ha-kavod. Or any tears that are shed. That, that, that uh, blockage is ripped, that mask is ripped. And it goes through that's what a hespid does. A hespid helps the neshama get fully up to the kisya kavod. It will go up eventually, but this this allows it go, to go express, right? A proper hespid. And then he says, we don't understand this fully, but he says that's why saying to heal him, right? Zmiros of David Amelech. It's been pointed out. Where does the word zmiros come from? A zemer. A zemer is a song, but zimur is also pruning. When somebody prunes and they're cutting off to achieve a greater purpose. Zmiros of David HaMelech, why is Tehillim what we say at a, at a Leviah? Because that also cuts through. It prunes away the blockage. And says the Torah, I mean, Avram knew all this, 
And that's why this polis of kosa. Okay, at the end. Avram Shehikir is Boro. The Hisig Bechachma calls Sisriya Olam. He knew all the secrets of the world. Yada Mahito Elis Hesbet Lemais. He knew the secret message of a Hesbet who Balasos Nachas Ruach Leishas Nurav. Vayavo Avram is Polis Aravel of Kosa. That's the Hesbet. So one might say, but what if somebody is Nifter on a day when you're not allowed to give a Hesbet? Not fair. Right? So sometimes there are kulas. I'm not giving a Hesbet. I'm just saying words of inspiration. There's all this flexibility that some people use and some people don't use. But one might say this chus of being, having the levaya on a day when you don't say tachnun, that itself breaks. Kodesh Baruch has it all planned out. What if somebody's nifter five minutes before Shabbos and this burial and they don't talk about Hespedim? First of all, maybe you can have Hespedim afterwards, but Hashem works it out. Hashem is the ultimate, right? Tzadik fi yasharhu. It's not our job to, you know, figure out, oh, what about if there's no Hespid? Kodesh Baruch can figure it out if we're just following the Ratzon Hashem. Okay, moving right along. So Avram Avinu goes through the whole transaction with Ephron. We've spoken a lot about that in the past, pays a lot of money, and finally, it is his, the first piece of Eretz Yisrael that is bought is Chevron right here. Shechem later on, Harabayis later on. We've noted those are three of the major uh, spots in modern-day world, which has such controversy about it. Those are the three places, the three places in Tanakh. The Medrash talks about it. Where we bought, right? Shechem and Yaakov Avinu in Navayishlach, David HaMelech in Sefer Shmuel, and, of course, Avram Avinu. Okay? We know it's everything is Siat uh, HaDashmaya. But after the whole burial, Avram Zokein Babayamim, Vashamberech has Avram Bakol. Avram Zokin Baba Yamim. Another Medrash. Source 6. Medrash Rabba Amaravacha. What does it mean, Baba Yamim? Something that many of the Mepharshim pick up on. Some people are old, but they don't have days. Some people have days, but they're not old. Avram had both. He was a Zokin and he had Yamim. What does that mean? If you're a Zokin, you have a lot of days. And if you have a lot of days, you're a zakin. How could you have one without the other? Says the Vilna Gon. Says the Grah. The Zohar tells us, again, there's a lot of discussions in the beginning of this week's Parsha about Ptira and about messages after 120. But that's what the Parsha is about. So a lot of these, this one should be inspiring. Says the Zohar that he quotes, By Yikruvu Yivei Yisrael Lamus, Hainu. Kisha Adam Niftar Meha Olam, Azai Boim Kol Yamav Lechesh Lebnei Kadosh Baruch after 120, every day of our life runs in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Laharas Maila Satzadik. Shalom Avar Yomecha Mishnosa. Mitaro Mitzvah Zavayzim Tovim. That day goes. Right? The uh, the day of, you know, Chafhei Cheshvan. Tavshinai and Tess. Goes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and says, Look what this Tzadik did this day. Look how many mitzvahs. Look how much Chesed. Look what they did. Every day runs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Mashenkin Harasham Rahman al Islam, our empty days don't run in front of Akadash Baruch Hu. They want to hide. Or the days of Rashaim. Yemeya Mishabinu Boshim with Skarlavne Akadash Baruch Hu. So the ultimate in a person's life, only half of this is in control of the person, the other half is out of our control. But the schus a person has of being a Zakain and Yamim. Being a zakim, being an elderly person, to have arichas yamim, and having all your days come with you. He came with his days. All of Avram's days ran in front of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Yesh l'chadam shubezikna. Ratzol Omar, somebody could be old without days. Zakin Ashmai, a zakin who did not fill his days with mitzvot. Ve'no baba yamim ki kulo chayav b'chatam ubshoim v'yamav mischabin v'yesh l'chadam. Right, the, there's another person. That's who we try to follow. Kasher v'chasid, Bobby Yamim Shalom Nekadosh Baruch Hu, Lord Muso. His days that come in front of Hashem, they all run there. Right, we're all writing a book, and every page of the book is a day of our life, and we have to fill every page with something. They say the Yidak Kadosh before he went to sleep every night, he talked about it, thought about his day, and if he didn't think that he did enough, he just go into his pocket, take out the few kopecks that he had, and designate it for tzedakah, an extra mitzvah, one more mitzvah today. One more mitzvah today. 
Before we go to sleep, hamapil. Before we go to sleep, thinking about saying a saying a. Nowadays, one might say, you know, sending a WhatsApp to to somebody who needs a, just a hello, make somebody feel good, an extra mitzvah, squeeze it in. Baba Yamin. We want every one of our days to be able to be strong and to be proud of them. And that was Avram Avinu, Avram Zakain, Baba Yam. Okay, so now let's get to the main story of the Parsha. I shouldn't say main in terms of quality, but in terms of quantity. We have the story of Eved Avraham. Eliezer's name is not mentioned in the Parsha. Chazal say that that was his name. Eliezer, Eved, we know it was his name from elsewhere, but that's who we're talking about here. And we have... 67 psukim that tell us the story in great detail about how a wife was found. But towards the beginning, when Elio is davening, uh, Eliezer is davening to have siyata deshmaya on the path, and we have the shalshelas vayomar, Hashem elokei adoni Avraham, he says, Hashem the God of Abraham, hakre no lefana hayom, Please, let it happen. Let it happen to me today. Make it happen. Make it happen, Hashem. And here it is. This is what I'm going to do. And I hope you, I hope you oblige. The Gevar and Tainus, I didn't give it to you because the Nachlas Yaakov quotes it in short on top. But the Gevar and Tainus, many are familiar with, on Dav Dalet Amad Aleph, says, I'll just read it from the original, Three people in Tanakh made inappropriate requests of God. They kind of put Hashem into a corner. They three, the three uh, inappropriate requests. Two of them got okay answers, appropriate answers. One got an inappropriate answer. Which three people? Eliezer, Evan, Avraham, Shaul, Ben, Kish, the Yiftach, Hageladi. Right, here's the first one. Eliezer Evan Avraham says the Gemara. Right, this Pasik. Hashem, please help me. The first Nara that's going to come out, the first Nara that's going to give water to me and my camels, that's the one. Who says he was going to be right? Maybe there would be somebody who was not supposed to be the second aim of Yisrael was going to do it. He took a risk. It was a big risk. But he got a good answer. And Rifki Yimedu came out. Number one. Shaul ben Kish. Number two. Shaul HaMelech. Right? He's standing about 20 minutes from here. Right? By Emek by, uh, Ha'elah. Right? A little past there. And he's David and Goliath. And Shaul says, whoever fills the giant could win my daughter's hand in marriage. Who's going to be? He has no idea. Is it going to be a miyuchas? not a miyuchas? The son-in-law of the king of Israel. How does he have any idea? Yochel afilu eved afilu mamzer. David. It all worked out. And the third one did not work out. So we know Yiftach HaGiladi was going to fight one of the Shoftim, Perakit Aleph. Whatever goes out of my, Hashem, you help me out. Whatever comes out of my house first, I'm going to give us a carbon. He came back from the war. His daughter comes out of the house first. Unclear exactly what happened. Machlokas Eben Ezra and the Ramban, whether he actually killed his daughter or his daughter just went into hiding for the rest of her life. Either way, a tragic story did not work out. This is the trio that the Gemara talks about there in Tainus on Davdalid. What's the message? So one way to look at that Gemara we've discussed in the past is, well, what did the first two do better than the third? Okay. The Nachlas Yaakov, the Nesivas, Rav Yaakov Elisa, in his Pirish on Chumash does not look at it that way. The first two got proper answers, but that was for other reasons, because Hashem wanted to make sure that a certain aim was present, and that David was going to be the king. But it's not anything to do that the first two were better. All three are linked together for a reason. It was all inappropriate. Shlosha Shalu Shaloka Hogan. Says the Nasivas, why? What was so inappropriate about it? Where it's underlined. The goal of life is not to look for magic. The goal of life is not to look for answers in areas that are not logical, that are not my doing. Life is responsibility. And ain't somchanal 
We have to do the best we can. We have to make the decisions the best we, that we could do. And it's not easy to be a human being. And it's not simple. But that's what Hashem wants from us. Eliezer, go find the girl who does chesed. The girl that comes, that's going to be the one. Just go yourself. Shal HaMelech, what, what? What, what? Whoever felt no. Don't make such a, such a request. Offer them money. Okay, offer them money. Offer them your daughter. So says the Nasivist, that's not what life's about. Life's about making hard decisions and hoping, but doing things with Seichel and not going so out on a limb. Line 11. Darko yechpatz ki HaKadosh Baruch Hu rotze. Sheha Adam yase hakol kefi darko. Api ishtablas enushi. Bipulos hatovim. Vaz yachalav shefa elokus. Don't go to, to secret the people to try to get the answers. No, Hashem wants us to figure it out, to ask our, to ask advice from our rabbeim, from our leaders. And that's why he says all three are put. And Yiftach wasn't so different in terms of the request. Why were the two first answers given? Okay, Hashem had other plans, greater issues involved. But that's the Nesivas. Life is about doing it ourselves and making sure that we could do it. Okay. As we said before, Rivka Imenu didn't just do an act of chesed, but she went above and beyond, as we know. And if we assume that she was three years old and she fed ten camels and doing the math, how many pails of water camels drink, it's a tremendous amount. But it's a nice summary in the Sefer Lachsos Beno Hashem. different elements of chesed. Point number one. When we do an act of chesed, it's not just about doing the chesed that's in front of us where the need presents itself. Sometimes we have to think behind the scenes. And we have to see a need and think what the real need is. Maybe, maybe there's something deeper here. And he quotes the well-known story. I heard it in the name of the, that it was about the Beis HaLevi. He quotes it about Reb Chaim, right, the Beis HaLevi's son. I'm not sure. It was in the Soloveitchik family that we know. But either way, someone came to the Rabbi Soloveitchik and ask them, the Shaila, am I allowed to use milk for Dalakosos at the Seder? Am I allowed to use milk? All of a sudden, the rabbi turns to his family and his gabbai and says, quickly, get him money. This guy's very poor. Quickly, he needs everything. He has nothing. He has nothing. Give him a lot. And they said, Rebbe, he just asked you a Shaila. Could you use milk for the Dalakosos? What are you going, what, what? He says, you don't understand. If he's asking, could I use milk, they obviously have no fleshics. They obviously have no meat. Because he can't have basar b'chalaf. So if he's asking milk, it must be there's a lot more in duchesed. Sometimes you have to th- we have to think. Maybe this relates to the first thought that we were saying. Our mitzvot have to be done with chachma. Don't just ask the kasha. Realize where the question is coming from. And seeing what's behind it and the background. Number one. Number two. Explains the lachsos b'noam Hashem. We don't have to be big ashirim to do chesed, to write out a check with many digits. Chesed and make somebody feel good could be done with just words. And he quotes a story of the Chafetz Chaim, turning over the page. And this story can be used at many different levels, but it's a classic Chafetz Chaim story. In Radin, there was a certain pharmacist who did not keep Shabbos. And he was a big kofer, and he was known as not connected. And the Chafetz Chaim, as was his wont, he wanted to help out fellow Jews. So he couldn't figure out what to do. Finally, he has an idea. He goes into the pharmacy and he sits there for a little while. The Chafetz Chaim. The pharmacist is getting a little uncomfortable. What's the Chafetz Chaim doing sitting in my store? And after a few moments, he says, Rebbe, what's, can I help you? And the Chafetz Chaim says, the story is quoted all here. He says, I'm, I'm so jealous of you. The guy says, what? You're jealous of me? I am the opposite of you. How could you be jealous of me? Asked the, asked the pharmacist of the Chavetz Chaim. The Chavetz Chaim says, I'm just watching you, even for a few minutes. You spend your entire day helping people. You spend your entire day giving out medicines. Somebody comes in in pain. You give them something. 
They walk out. They know they're going to get better. They trust you. You make them feel better. You make them feel safer. I am so jealous of you. You're unbelievable. You have such an unbelievable, fulfilling life. And the man says to the Chavetz Chaim, I'm doing this for the money. I, this is a good, steady job. That's what I'm thinking. I'm not thinking about anything else. Says the Chavetz Chaim, that doesn't take away anything from the chesed that you're doing. And the fact that you're spending your entire life helping people. It's unbelievable. I am so jealous. Have a nice day. And the Chavetz Chaim walks out. And as the story goes, obviously, he said, and the Chavetz Chaim maybe said beforehand, imagine if you thought about it a little bit. A little bit. But obviously, it got to the heart of this man. And a few weeks later, he was closing his store on Shabbos. Just talking to someone about what a great person they are and how much they're accomplishing. And maybe the other way, looking at everything we do as a mitzvah and a chance of chesed and just picking something up. And he talks about giving somebody directions on the street. Do we realize that's a Maisa Chesed? Do we realize that we're, it's one of the three pillars of the world that we're holding up? When we do, when we give somebody directions, David Malach says, he says, Ach tova chesed yirdefuni kol yamei I wanted to run. And finally, the third and final story he quotes. Again, each of these three meals on Shabbos, so three stories here to say over. He quotes finally, he says, but a little thing could do. He quotes a story on the next page, on line 10, of one of the Bogrim, one of the uh, Talmidim who learned in Panovich. One time when he opened his mailbox, there was an invitation to a wedding that was going to be in Chutzlaretz with a ticket, a flight ticket. In the olden days, when he had an actual ticket, so it wasn't just online. And he didn't never heard, he didn't know who this boy was, and he was invited to this wedding, he had no idea who this person was. But there was a phone number there, so he called the person up. He says, hi, Mazel Tov, I got your invitation, I got your plane ticket, but I don't know who you are. He says, let me tell you. He says, I was in yeshiva a number of years ago, and I didn't have too many friends, and I was from Chutz Laaretz, and I came, and I felt very lonely. And I felt like, you know, I was being swallowed up there. And the, the language, and I have a chevra. And after a couple of weeks, I said, forget it, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. So I decided that I'm leaving. To go back. I packed up my suitcases. And I was going to go to Mincha, and then I was going to go to the airport. I went to Mincha. And after Mincha, I was going down the steps. I was going down the steps. I felt somebody put his hand on me from behind. And I turned around. He was fixing my collar. My collar was in, as sometimes it is, and he was fixing it. And at that moment, I felt something. At that moment, I felt that maybe somebody cares about me. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't be so quick. And that little act made me stay in yeshiva and changed my life. You might not remember that you did it but you fixed my collar. And that's why I'm sending you an invitation to my wedding. Something little, we have no idea the effects of what we do. So A, think about it from behind, what's needed, the Beis HaLevi, even a nice word, the Chafetz Chaim, and even just the fixing of the collar. Okay, we'll end with a little Harifus from the Rinas Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak Saratskin. Pasuk tells us, and the Medrash tells us, that when Eliezer went, he unmuzzled his, the muzzle on the camels. And the Medrash says, third Medrash of the evening, source 11. Animals were muzzled. Why were they muzzled? We don't know. They were muzzled. They wouldn't eat from stolen property. Ask the, ask the Tanom and the Medrash. Wait a minute. We know there was a very famous donkey, Rav Pinchas Ben Yari's donkey, who would never eat from Truma, from Tevel, that they didn't take off Truma and Mice was from. The donkey was very from. Very from. 
And the Gemara says, the donkey of Pinchas ben Yar, there was special, special shmira for Pinchas ben Yar and his donkey. So ask the Bali HaMedrash what Avram Avinu wasn't on that level. Avram Avinu wasn't on that level. They had a muzzle. His animals wouldn't eat from stolen property. What do you have to muzzle them for? That's the question in the Medrash, and the Medrash has a discussion about it. But, ask the Rinas Yitzchak, why was the question only asked here on the Pusik of unmuzzling the animals? Why isn't this comment originally when he muzzled them in the first place in Eretz Yisrael? It's Omedrash is only on heaters of Mamayahem. Only on the, when he unmuzzled the animals. They needed to be muzzled? What do you mean? He's not like a Pinchas ben Yoyer's chamor. So Venera says the Rinas Yitzchak. When he first muzzled the animals, where was he? He was in Eretz Canaan. Eretz Canaan really already belonged to Avram Avinu. Remember, Avram Avinu already did a Kinyi Chazaka. Gemara says about Basra. It all belonged to him. So if he wouldn't have muzzled his animals, there wouldn't have been any special shmira because technically it wasn't stealing. It all belonged to Avram Avinu. He muzzled them because he didn't want to cause fights because other nations thought that they owned it. But really, technically, it was all Avram Avinu's. So there wouldn't have been any shmira there because it was all his anyway. It wouldn't have been stolen. But now he gets all the way to Lavan and Besuel. Now he's in Chutzlaretz. Why do he still have the muzzles on? Right when he got to Chutzlaretz, just take him off. They wouldn't have eaten from it. Why only now are you unmuzzling their animals? Don't you have the Shmira of the Chamar? Like the Chamar? Avinu is any worse? Stafka said here. Again, if we think about the Dikduk of why the Medrash is on one Pasuk and not on another Pasuk. So maybe that could give us secrets into Avram Avinu already owning Eretz Canaan, right? He, he bought the piece of land, even though for, for Mars Machpelah, even though he owned the whole property already. But that's why Dafka, it's only asked on the end and not on the beginning. Because the Shmira would have only been a Chuzlaretz, where he didn't own it. Not in Eretz Yisrael, but that is what we learn from the Medrash only being on one Pasuk and not on the other. A lot about chesed tonight, a lot about mitzvos, and uh, we should all be zochet to be able to do all the mitzvos. Not only do them, but do them in the f- best way possible, like the Rambam told us earlier in the year. Yeah, we'll stop here.